rallying patriots worldwide to awaken others. We're going to Alan Watt for the balance of this hour and the next and open phones. We had him on for an hour last week, and he just has so much knowledge, and I like to bounce ideas off of him. He's here with us. CuttingToTheMatrix.com is his website. A lot of breaking news. We're going to cover a uh, huge range of vital issues on the economy, the war, the nature of the New World Order, their history. A caller earlier said, where did the New World Order get founded? Where do they come from? What's their mindset? Uh, what's their beginnings? And I talked about the priest class in Egypt and in Babylon and a little lesser extent Greece developing systems of social control in those universities and systems of manipulation. But we'll get his breakdown of it and, and who's at the core of the power structure uh, here in just a moment. Now, going to Alan Watt of CuttingTheMatrix.com, a long-term researcher, author, research, uh, somebody who I found is really spot on with his analysis. There are a few people out there, because I've read hundreds of history books, hundreds of globalist handbooks, hundreds and hundreds of white papers, and so many times he'll start saying something, and I've read the document years ago and even forgotten about it. He's somebody who I can tell you is just right on target and, and teaches me a lot. You know, We all teach each other, uh, but I always really, really, I don't want to say enjoy because it's horrifying having Alan on to really help folks get a higher level of understanding and take the blinders off. So we're going to talk about a host of issues today. Alan, good to have you here with us. It's a pleasure to be back on, Alex. Alan, a caller called at the start of the hour, and he said, I want you to ask Alan Watt the power structure. We hear about Bilderberg, Trilateral Commission, CFR, Illuminati. Uh, you know, is it the banks? Is it the military-industrial complex? And you know, I just pointed out there's less than 200 people that chair and head up uh, the Fortune 100, and they all cross-chair, sometimes on hundreds of boards, all these other organizations. They all push for the same thing, global governance, tyranny. But but I thought we'd get you to talk about that structure, that, that architecture from your perspective, but also the different cultures and ideas that fed into it. Uh, and, of course, I call it the priest class because that's what they call it themselves and, and, and what the Illuminati is. You've got the floor. I'm going to try to not interrupt, even though it's always thought-provoking. Spend five minutes or so breaking down its history, who they are, uh, their modes of control, and where they're taking us if we don't block them. Well, basically, it's a system, and that's what it is. It's a system and a philosophy, which is also a religion with its own belief system. Uh, it really has been around since commerce began, organized commerce. And organized commerce, we don't even know how old it is. We have uh, the tra ancient traders, the, the, they've even dug up Sumer, for instance, and found out there's another group, uh, pre-existed Sumer, who were into trading. Uh, they lived very well. We know that from their indoor plumbing and stuff like that thousands of years ago. And they had the trade routes all the way to China, right through the Middle East and Asia. So trading is the key to it, because along with trading comes something called money. And it's, it's different from barter, where, you, where two people can literally argue over the price of a sack of potatoes versus a sack of oatmeal. Um, once you get a third party coming in with money, uh, then, then you're under their directives because they can basically decide how much that money is worth today or tomorrow or devalue it or whatever. And the ancient traders, we do know this from the Phoenicians, for instance, they had, um, they had to not only trade with people, uh, but, but they had to, and they were seafarers as well, with a huge navy to trade, but they had to also get all these different cultures that they met along the way to accept this thing called money, 
which they never used, most of them, before. They'd never seen money, heard of it. It was an alien thought, just like the American Indians. It was an alien idea, this money. And so eventually, over time, they got people to accept money, and they did it by giving them loans to countries, generally to the kings or the head chief or whoever of a particular area or island. And from then on, basically, they started the debt system. And as we all know, we're still in the same system today. It's never failed. Eventually, the king gets rather spoiled. He wants all the goodies that he's shown from these traders as they come into port every so often. He borrows more. And eventually it comes time to pay him back. And he's rather shocked to find out how much it's going to cost. So the Phoenicians did deals with them. Uh, We know this for a fact. The Phoenicians used to get the kings to uh, assemble men for armies, uh, pay them with the same thing called money. That's a key to armies as well. An army is no use, uh, an organized army. uh, If you can't pay them with something, they they tend to go home. They get bored and, and get fed up. So they, they used that, and they, they lent the king money for, for paying the soldiers too, and then they go off and invade a country that would not accept the trade, it would not accept the money, and so on. And we find this all the way down through into even the Spartan Wars, where the Spartans for a hundred years fought off this uh, outside trade system with its money system. And the Phoenicians not only traded with, with money, it was mainly silver at that time, they standardized the size of the coinage everywhere. It doesn't matter whose head was on it, for different countries, as long as it weighed the same. So they were standardizing the money system, just like the IMF is today. Same idea. And so they conquered down through the ages. And then they formed, we find this around the Middle Ages, uh, massive leagues, they called them. There were leagues, the the Hanseatic leagues and various other leagues of trading uh, countries, and uh, like a big corporation, you might say. And they were based at that time uh, in Venice and in Holland. Uh, Holland came out of nowhere because the money men came in. That's how empires arise. They don't arise because someone's a great conqueror. They actually arise because those with the money move into that country with the money and the know-how. And uh, they rise it up. They move down through time uh, and skip to different countries when it suits them. We know, for instance, that from even from Holland, they hopped over to London and basically created London uh, in, the, in the, the, the form that we know it today. So it's a moneyed system. Uh, it's a, a trading system. And money is the key to, to controlling everything. Uh, that's what Rothschild said when he took over the Bank of England. And I don't believe either, by the way, that uh, it wasn't a setup to take over the bank. It was prearranged with the nobility already in Britain to allow it to happen. Because if Rothschild had bankrupted every nobility, he wouldn't have lasted very long on the streets of London. Well, that's on record. He made deals with the nobility uh, even before he staged the 1815 uh, panic. Mm-hmm. And you also you also find out too, Alex, that, that uh, I mean, see, they brought in King George and his family over from Prussia. Now, Prussia uh, is part of the pre-existing Germany, the Germanic regions. It was one of the first countries to give up uh, in Germany. They, they actually put up their... When they run out of royalty, they would put it up for, for a vote for, for those with the biggest... Like an auction sale. And that present, the, the, even the today's present uh, group who took over as the Georges, uh, were, belonged to the Saxe-Coburg-Gotha houses. These were, these were three areas of the Germanic and Prussian regions which they owned. They were princedoms. They bought them over and they became the royalty. Uh, 
their rational background was in trading themselves, so they, they belonged to the same group as the Rothschilds. In actual fact, uh, we're the last country really to end slavery. We always hear about blacks being slaves here, but uh, in, in in those different uh, uh, Germanic regions, uh, Austria and, and, and what is Germany today, uh, you had the military uh, slaves or the Hessians. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's what they did too. They drafted their men up and sold them off. And during the American uh, War of Revolution, um, they, they brought in a lot of Hessian troops because George was a Hessian himself. Basically, that was his area in Germany. He still owned that part of it. But you'll find, for instance, the Rothschilds and the, the different uh, female lineages, especially of the Rothschilds, um, are all intermarried with royalty of, of the whole of Europe. And, and so they're, they're really one and all the same people. So, as I say, that's a big part of it. So you have money, you have trading, you have intermarriage of very powerful families. And the, there's nothing better than to give your daughter, for instance, to a king, because now you're allied with that king and you take the royal titles, your offspring become the heirs down the road, and you can control things. That's a very old, old technique, of All course. All those major dynasties... Uh, were, were and are intermarried, and now we see Goldman Sachs heads marrying in, and the daughters of presidents marrying in, and all of those psychopathic and abusive, uh, sadomasochistic genetic traits are then passed on and concentrated. Mm-hmm. And you even find uh, it's the astonishing things in history that really get to you when you find uh, an, an easy example, for instance, is 9-11, where down the road in New York, the day that it happened, uh, George Bush's father uh, was having a meeting with, with the Laden family, the Ben Laden family, because they have a corporation, uh, the Bushes and the Laden families, to build bomb-proof structures across the world. Yeah, that's AP, uh, that's AP and London Guardian, Bush senior meeting with head of Ben Laden family on morning of 9-11 uh, mm-hmm. at the uh, Carlisle Group meeting. That's right. And not only that, too, uh, when the first 9-11 bombing took place, people forget about it. They had to basically retrofit the whole, the whole buildings to make sure they were sound. Well, it was their company that got the job to retrofit it, and it took them over a year and a half. I think that's when they laid the explosives, personally. That's what they did. I think I really do believe that. But anyway, uh, there's a coincidence right there. So we go to war because... Uh, with, with Bush basically facing Ben Laden in the comic strips, that is. And meanwhile, the same families have a business enterprise. That's almost impossible. And they love have... sick jokes to say Ben yes. Laden did it when actually that company was in there in the buildings years before after the 93 bombing. And in a sick yeah. way, yeah, they did bomb it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really is. It's a cartoon uh, show we're given where the Bushes and the Ladens, out of millions of billions of people on the planet, just happen to be in a business enterprise, and the same, the same countries end up at war and all that kind of stuff. And then Marvin Bush was running security on the World Trade Center complex until the morning of September 11th. He'd signed over authority, and they'd gotten a new management firm. Yes. And then you go into FDR, for instance. FDR, um, whose wife was a rabid communist, she loved uh, the, the, the Soviet system. She, she, she loved, um, the techniques of mind control that Pavlov was doing. She went over to see Pavlov and she thought the same system should be brought to America because although the children were not very happy, um, and laughing and joking on the way to school, they were so orderly and she was so impressed by this orderly, how they were orderly and collective. 
So, but the thing is too, in one of her books, she put down uh, the genealogy of FDR and herself because she was a cousin of FDR, the intermarry, to keep power and wealth amongst themselves. And you find that um, the Sachs family, who initially funded Hitler to power, uh, was a relative uh, of, of FDR. Uh, and again, it's the same kind of Sachs family of Goldman Sachs, basically. You, you can change the name and, and a spelling a little bit here and there, which is a favorite trick of theirs down through the ages. But it's the same bunch, really, running the show. And he brought in a new deal. Now, people don't realize when a president gives you a, 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 an address to the nation and calls something a new deal, he's, he's giving you something that supersedes or replaces the Constitution. That was a legal declaration. It's yeah. like with Obama saying change. This is a new deal. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what changes. You're, you're right on with that because this is the century of change. Now, these characters all know what they mean by the century of change. It's the culmination of their, of their centuries-long uh, war to take over a world, standardize the world, um, basically reduce the population to a manageable level. They've had, science is at the top of the tree when it comes to their belief system. They believe that with science and sciences, um, then they can control the whole if you world. you eradicate countries and then even individuals, there's no way to resist because you've got a drugged-out, mindless zombie drooling telling you about UFC fights. Absolutely. And from the earliest times, even when Rosicrucianism, which is a front group, basically, to help the, the dominant group, uh, when Rosicrucian uh, broke out really in France, they had posters out there uh, all over Paris one morning, and they talked about the ability to give longevity to those who would help serve them. And they were really into real chemistry, not alchemy. Alchemy was a front for them. Uh, but they were into real chemistry and real, what we call real medicine. admitted that two days ago, that, oh, the Chinese 4,000 years ago were in trade with America and with Africa. Oh, and the nobility of Europe always knew this. They had all the maps. They were just keeping the public in the dark during that period of reengineering. Absolutely, absolutely. And they can take whole chunks of history away. They've done it before because we know darn well uh, that uh, there were people here in, the, in America's long before Columbus and uh, the bashed professors have come up with the evidence, too, like Barry Fell. The Fell. DNA of Native Americans, and uh, it's, it's, it's Northern European uh, in the last 15,000 years in the mitochondrial DNA because they were all here intermarried. They've dug them up all over the country. The media keeps it quite quiet. They dig Vikings up every year. We'll be right back with Alan Watt, the true history of the world and what's currently happening straight ahead. I'm Alex Jones. All right, Doug, Chris, Stan, and others, your calls are coming up. We're starting the next hour here in a few minutes. Alan, going back, though, not just looking at trade and money and, and governments that uh, could create caste systems and organization, were very small members of you know Europe in the last 4,000 years went to northern India and took over. They've tested their mitochondrial DNA. Uh, they're uh, Central and Western European. Not just that, but also the priest class of manipulation and learning how to control the population. That's a big key to this secret knowledge that's passed on as well. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, the, the studying of, as I have, I've always said, we see so many nature programs on television, 
but we don't realize that mankind has been the most studied creature on the planet for thousands of thousands of years. If you want to dominate the planet, you don't have to dominate the ants. You want to dominate people, and uh, you have to know how people think, how they tick. And it's quite easy, actually, because the easiest thing is to go into so-called primitive societies and see the microcosm of what really matters, because everything else comes from those primitive ideas, lifestyles, taboos, and so on. You simply amplify it into, into a more complex system. They're really all the same. And uh, they understand how human beings interact with each other and how they have certain emotions, how they're driven really by emotions. Uh, that's the key to it. Uh, that's what Bernays came out with too. You can, you can literally modify the behavior of a whole continent or a whole world by pandering to these uh, subconscious desires and emotions and get people to buy things they don't even really, they've never thought of before. Uh, until the ads come out to make them want this thing for the first time. It's the same thing with us. We have the, the need to mate with people, for instance. And so, so uh, people mate, they, they form tribes, small tribes. Uh, the tribes have their various taboos that helps them to survive. Everyone knows the rules. You don't need police. Uh, and they're generally very self-sufficient, completely self-sufficient, in fact. And the globalists so, admit to steal your thunder that they come in and, dis and remove the taboos and tell people to be wild and crazy so society degenerates so the government can come in with its new taboos and be more oppressive. Yes, and, and of course we find from the 1800s, for instance, when the same organization, uh, that the same organization that put Charles Darwin out there, now Darwin was put out there by the Royal Society, um, in fact, Wallace was the guy they, they took most of the writings about evolution from, but they also used Charles Darwin's father and grandfather's writings because they were both writing about evolution. This is a belief system within a religion that was far, far older than Darwin. And we know the Darwins themselves practiced this religion by only intermarrying uh, the same family, the Wedgwood family, for many generations. Uh, that was part of this religion, intermarriage with special types for, to, to try and breed special uh, genes. And Plato goes, actually wrote about it thousands of years before that, 2,300 years before. Uh, Plato talks about um, if you want good scientists, good mathematicians, then you, you simply intermarry a male and a female who are good at mathematics and then take the children, interbreed them, and so on and so on until you have, you're pretty well guaranteed a good mathematician. And it's the same with all other aspects of life. Well, we have that today, and we've had it for a long time. The Rothschilds are an example with that. They only marry their nieces. And so, and that used to astound me. I said, why would dynasties not change? Why not? Why wouldn't you get a guy coming along saying, well, I don't want to be a banker, daddy. I'd rather be something else, an actor or something. It doesn't happen. They're pretty well guaranteed to be just like their father, as you see. But they also have the addition of a reinforcement of a particular education from their family and from special high, higher priests into their particular lineages, their histories, and their function and in the then, world. In the, in the pyramidal structure, there are servant specializing guilds, uh, and these guilds then support those ruling families, and those sub-guilds also then intermarry within their strata of the pyramidal beehive system. Back in 70 seconds. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. 
Waging war on corruption. Alex Jones on the GCN Radio Network. Big Brother. Mainstream media. Government cover-ups. You want answers? Well, so does he. He's Alex Jones on the GCN Radio Network. And now, live from Austin, Texas, Alex Jones. I've got a bunch of Twitter questions for Alan Watt. He's with us throughout the rest of the hour. And Doug, Chris, Stan, and others that are patiently holding. The toll-free number to join us is 800-259-9231. Also want to get into the economy and military developments with him. But finishing up in this short little segment, uh, we've talked about the history of the elite, their systems of control. But talking about their end game, I mean, it, it is a totally selfish Horrible end game. They've got all these mid-level and low-level people on power trips with their little uniforms and signets and logos of power that, that defend the system, having no idea what the system is. But the globalists are now out in the open. The system is exterminating 80 to 90 percent of people, having 10 to 20 percent left as a suboid servant class, and the elite merging into biomechanical androids and living forever. Now, I'm not saying that's real or going to happen. But you go back to the French Revolution and other times, they promised their people, we'll give you secrets to live to 100. So, so, so they always use the same stuff. They always promise their socialism is some type of high-tech utopia. Uh, we see manifestations of that. Uh, so let's spend a few minutes on what their end game is. Mm -hmm. Well, again, to get the end game, you have to go back into their, their ancient belief system, which is that um, uh, basically um, the world was created all wrong. And their job is to perfect that which was left imperfect, which means through science they would perfect the world, everything in it. We see that with the, the modification of plants and trees and everything today. And, and man himself, of course, uh, because they, being the dom a dominant psychopathic uh, type, really, and you, could, you can certainly pass on psychopathy, it's the same thing. Uh, if you want a, a, a pit bull, you can breed a good pit bull by interbreeding pit bulls, and you're guaranteed to have the same kind of offspring. Well, it's the same with these characters. Uh, down through the ages, they picked the victorious type, the type who dominated whole countries eventually, either through warfare directly or through owning the kings and queens who did the wars for you. So they're very aggressive, but they also believe that they can alter man himself because the biggest savants, problem... They're idiot savants of control, and they're playing God. Uh, mm -hmm. In all these countless articles the last two weeks where they're saying lithium's good for you or viruses to reprogram your brain to make you submissive, they said man's defects in all these articles, man's problems, mm -hmm. we're going to fix it. Yeah, and what they don't mention, of course, in all their articles is that, you see, they were the ones who in the 1800s especially came out openly with guys like H.G. Wells, uh, who was specially trained by uh, Huxley's uh, grandfather, you know, uh, Thomas Huxley, uh, who was the best friend of Charles Darwin. And H.G. Wells, with a bunch of other guys, trained to be authors, to put stuff out there for the public to be amazed by and even want to follow, in fact. H.G. Um, Wells came out with the idea of free love. We've got to destroy marriage altogether because marriage is the basic institution of the tribe, be it primitive or advanced. And if you destroy that, 
um, you destroy basically the tribe's ability to be co cohesive and, 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 and that's what of course Brave New World is about is the state controlling yeah. and raising the children he stated and of course the uh, the Wedgwoods uh, the Galtons the Darwins mm -hmm. they all intermarried as you said earlier and the Huxleys too they're all, they all belong to the same families actually they're all related to that whole bunch you just mentioned and uh uh, you, what you find too, as I say, if you destroy the basic t uh, uh, tribal necessities, then you destroy the tribe, and they won't fight. You see, uh, they're lost. If you look at the, the Darwin theory of an advanced civilization going in to a less advanced civilization, the advanced will always triumph. That's what they tell you. And what they use for an example is what happened to America when the white man came in, and what happened to the American Indians. Uh, the writings of John Stuart Mill is, is very good on this because they knew in the 1700s what would happen to the Indians. Because you can't survive if you're not part of their Borg. Let's finish up with that. They want to make you dependent chemically, psychologically, biologically. Let's finish up with their master plan and then to the phone calls, 800-259-9231. Alan Watt is our guest. Infowars.com, thematrix.com. We'll be right back. He's the T-Rex of political talk. Alex Jones on the GCN Radio Network. We're talking about the only issue that matters, the issue that encompasses everything, the scientific dictatorship. In textbook after textbook written 100 years ago, 30 years ago, 10 years ago, a year ago, it's all repeated. It's all on record. Vaccines to reduce your fertility or sterilize you. Chemicals in the food and water and packaging to sterilize you and give you cancer. To reduce your lifespan. They're lying to you about lifespan. In the past, large numbers of children died before the age of 10. If you take the low more, uh, lifespan of, of children out, people lived into their early 80s instead of their uh, low 70s. This is just the facts, and they admit they're doing this. I mean, if you're a new listener, you're like, they say they're poisoning the food and water. They say they want a world government. I heard that's a conspiracy theory. That's a simple throwaway line to make you procrastinate and not look into this. It's 100%. It's 100% on record everything Alan Watt and I are saying, okay? You can differ on our interpretation. But this is going on. You should be angry about that. You should be standing up against that. You should have respect for yourself. But they've taken the basic determination away from people to where folks on the news say, I don't care if they're saving my naked body scans. I have nothing to hide. First, they lie to you and say they're not saving it. They say there's no radiation. Now they admit it's very high. Now they say they're going to put cameras in all the cars watching us and tracking us, cameras in the backs of the seats watching you, listening to you on the airplanes. This is worse than Orwell. People say, well, there's already so much of it. I guess I'll go along with it. Well, then where does it end? Where does it stop? Uh, Alan, looking at time frames for these people, unless we get the word out and then they'll just back off and move slower. But right now it seems they're rushing. Well, it doesn't seem. We know they're rushing towards the goalpost that uh, they're accelerating their entire program and that all of the birth pains we've seen so far were just preludes, that we haven't seen anything yet. That's right. Even Bush Sr., when he came out with his speech on the New World Order, he said uh, it's coming into view. 
It's coming into view. And what he meant by that is the coming new American century. This is the century of change. That academia were using, was using that term for 50 years in the 20th century. The century of change with the 20th, 21st century. That's where they had to ramp ahead because they'd already dumbed down the people with inoculations and so on. Uh, and, and again, bringing in processed food. Um, to, to certain, and it also destroyed pretty well. Uh, again, all the natural things that bound people together. Marriage was totally destroyed by the end of the 20th century because there was, there was an attack on it. And it's even that whole area is so fascinating to read that the sectors that were put out there to bring down the, the family units, to bring in the drugs, the rock and roll, the, the free love and all the rest of it, the very things that H.G. Wells printed in, in the late 1800s, they bring in free love and so on. And, um, and he was so, part of orgies with Margaret Sanger. Well, yeah, H.G. Wells was more than that. I mean, he made um, agreements with uh, his three wives, I think, uh, never to divulge what he actually got up to. He likes getting spanked and tied up and all this kinky stuff, you know. He, most of these guys are perverts, you understand, that, that work uh, for them higher up and near the top. They're, they're all sadomasochistic types. See, sadomasochism is a big part of this because um, a sadomasochist uh, wants to get up into the power ranks when they're psychopathic, and they really worship the person above them. They'll worship them, and they despise the person who, down below, even the next level down, even in a military structure, is being weak, and they'll, they'll abuse them. So that's your sadomasochist. They, they flock into be, being willing servants for these guys who run the world. And uh, this is, again, it's an old technique that's well, well understood by them. But they always have these odd per, uh, perversions to do with sadomasochistic tendencies in their sexual life as well. Yeah. Let's go ahead and take some phone calls. But before I do that, Alan, uh, any other issues or items that you think are important that should be discussed today? Yes, but what we understand is, as I say, it's simple. You take the primitive tribe, we're all really just basically primitive tribal, with tribal, tribal instincts. You destroy all of those, you destroy your, you destroy your cultural taboos, and when you have nothing left to hold on to, then you're in free fall, and they can then guide you as to where you're going to go in that new free fall. That's what they've done with most of society. If they don't replace all that that they've destroyed, you end up with the people like the American Indians who, like in Canada, are simply abject cases. They're chronic alcoholics. All the reasons for living have been taken away. All their old customs are taken away. Things that gave them meaning are destroyed. And that's what they do. So they did that. They've had big scandals where they take the little Indian children, the natives, Currently, this was even in the news, and they just kill them uh, there at the mm-hmm. facility. They, 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 they murder them. Yes, they do. They're, they're still digging them up in Canada at some of these places in, out, out west, in fact. But um, it's very similar to what they've done with the European races that came into North America now and the Europeans themselves. Their cultures were attacked uh, later in the same way. Once we'd been over the Industrial Revolution, created the scientific things they needed to control us, we all worked towards it. Our dads and grandfathers worked towards it, uh, and uh, and they went through universities too and helped Looking discover at psychology techniques. and 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 and, uh, and anthropology. And then we're going to calls, but I want your your view on this, Alan. If you look at the American culture that Alexander de Tocqueville wrote about, a uh, you know, French yeah. historian or others, all strong cultures are self-sufficient. The family's number one. 
A husband wouldn't do something mean to his wife because he understands it's part of the unit. The wife wouldn't do it. The children know the only people they can count on is their family. Now, mm -hmm. through the sitcoms and the movies and the women's magazines, it's fun to break up. It's fun to fight with each other. So they can isolate you as the individual animal and destroy you. And now you look at it. Uh, and, 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 quote, feminism is supposed to empower women. It, it's turned them into just bestial creatures. Same thing with men. Uh, they give us false tribes of UT football instead of the normal tribalism of your family and your private property and controlling your own mind. And they just, I mean, you try to talk to full-grown adults, they're mental midgets. A serious man can't be obsessed with sports uh, because you're, there's too much going on in the world, too much knowledge, too many mysteries, too many secrets, uh, too many competitors, too, you know, too much. They don't want us being dominant and strong and aggressive and powerful and wild. They want us being a bunch of soft punks, and we are. We're a bunch of soft punks. That's right, and that, that's what you do. It's the end product of a long-term war to destroy everything that made things function and made you independent, and now you won't stand up and fight for anything. That, that's exactly the goal they had in mind. Yeah. Well said. Alan Watt is our guest. Cut to the matrix.com. Our sites are infowars.com and prisonplanet.tv. Uh, let's talk to Doug in Utah, who I'm told disagrees. He'll go to the head of the line. Go ahead, Doug. Hi, yeah, Alex I, uh, and Alan. I uh, I disagreed with uh, Alex's opinion yesterday. He talked about Stephen Hawking's opinion that we must go off world immediately, or it's almost certain that in the next hundred years we're going to destroy ourselves. Well, that doesn't mean leave the planet. I'm saying we've we need to we need to expand and not have the technologies hidden from us. And, and I agree with him. There's a good chance with all these super weapons and genetic engineering that we're going to have serious catastrophes, and the globalists are arrogant and think they can control it. But oh, finish your point, and we'll get Alan's take on it. Yeah, you said it's virtual certainty that this planet will never become a type 1 civilization with the assault uh, on, of man, on mankind from the elite. And what my problem was is that vision is totally contrary to the vision that the Holy Prophets of God described for us in the Scriptures. And I wondered if Alan uh, had a take on that, because, you know, those those are really the primary writings of civilization, and they talk about these things. It's amazing how much they talk about it. Right, let me and stop you for a minute. Alan's going to say it's just like H.G. Wells 100 years ago, predictive programming, uh, self-fulfilling prophecy, a missionarite, protectorate that Frank Herbert uh, talked about in his series on Dune, giving you an, uh, uh, you know, an, an off-world model of that. I am a Christian, and I've read the Bible, but in the last 150 years, you've had this move to say, never stand up to evil, it's the end of the world, You're not, you, know, you can't change things, and that's just not true. And they've got this Christianoid model now. Uh, where they, where we can't even have destiny, or, or we can't, I mean, the, the, people told the founding fathers don't fight back, it's the end of the world. Uh, people told the Germans lay down to Hitler, it's the end of the world. And I find it to be a cop-out. Uh, let me get a comment from uh, Alan Watt on that. Yes, I mean, religion's always been used by the powerful organizations that end up taking them over. And you'll find that um, I personally um, see the Old Testament, for instance, in a totally different way than most people. I see it more like a guidebook of, of practical means of, uh, of conquering the world, actually. That's how I see it. I, I see the New Testament with a, with a different deity in charge altogether from the old uh, bloodthirsty Yahweh. 
and Christianity in its basic initial form before it was taken over by, remember, an empire took it over, a political military empire took it over and used it. Uh, initial Christianity was very simplistic in, in its doctrine. And so it was, it, they used it again once it was taken over. Um, they used it again to dominate people for uh, uh, one and a half thousand years, really. And then the, the Protestant sect, it was time to bring in the Protestants. And that's how I see it. It was time to bring in the Protestants by those who ruled the money systems of the world. Let me say this to Doug. Look, you injected religion into this, and I happen to know Alan's views, and, and that's one of the few areas that we differ on, but I, I do see his perspective, and that's why all things are open for discussion here. But but overall, you know, at my parents' church, my dad said, man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to go there anymore. we got new preachers there, and they're teaching us that we've got to have the illegal aliens basically come in. That's the World Council of Churches and the Rockefellers, or uh, Catholic and Protestant churches saying, turn your guns in, and FEMA secretly recruiting 50-plus thousand preachers for clergy response teams. I mean, we've got to recognize that they're telling us just give up, lay down. It's what Jesus says, and that's not what Jesus even said, Alan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jesus didn't didn't uh, didn't tell you to leave your 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 head at the the door, you know, of the church. You were supposed to use your head. He was well, he went after the money changers. He he knew he, he went, he went after, after them. Money. That was the last thing basically he did. Once they did that, everything changed. And you, that wasn't just money changers. That was an international bank of the day. <laughs> That's what it was. Stay there. Let's let's talk about that. When we come back. Go to more calls. Interesting point, Doug. The website GCNlive.com headlines wave goodbye to Brand Obama. Paul Joseph Watson key article about how his fortunes are imploding. How the globalists are already vetting new puppets. Also, Alex Jones 11-minute clip on Russia Today. Big Brother is watching you dealing with the internet takeover and cameras and cars and planes to watch and record you both audio and video. Former Senator Ted Stevens confirmed dead in that plane crash yesterday. Gold prepares to make yet another all-time high, rising in the last few days again. It's all up at GCNlive.com. This is a short segment, and I want to hurry and get to the calls, but I don't want the break to cut you off. Uh, you were saying he was challenging the international banking system at that time, and, and he was. Uh, Alan, finish your point on that. Yeah, you got to understand that, that Judaism, even in, in that time, had uh, enclaves across the ancient world and all the capital cities of Greece and so on, Athens and all over the place. Rhodes was another famous place for them. But they had to come back so many times per year to the great temple, and they brought incredible fortunes with them. And you couldn't get into the temple, and no one, no Hebrew or Jew, I should say, could get into the temple um, without uh, the actual money off the land. So you had to exchange your money to get to go into the temple with your offerings and the the the, the basically the guys there were doing foreign exchange uh, and they made incredible amounts of money on this from these people who came in every day from all over the ancient world these rich rich traders they made you buy a special coin to buy your sacrifice whether it was a cow or a, a sheep or a mm -hmm. birds and they would be huge piles of gold and silver for one little special silver coin yeah, foreign foreign cash was unclean inside the temple, but it was it was awfully good outside for the guys who exchanged it, and they set the exchange rates, and it literally was a going concern, and and they came from all over the ancient world to to exchange their monies there. Yeah, amazing. I uh, hope that uh, answers Doug's question. Uh, let's talk to Jeff in Texas. Jeff, you're on the air. 
Hey, Alex, man, that's uh, this is really great. This is my second time listening to you yesterday and now today, and uh, I feel pretty at home. I've been actually paying attention on another level uh, through the Internet and just noticing things in the experience of my life. I'm a reformed old hippie from the 60s, so I know what all the culture's about, and I've been around to see just what everybody's into. But uh, I think where I'm going now, I've kind of developed to this point where what you were talking about earlier, uh, the electronic money. The, I mean, it looks to me, i put it this way, Obama, you know, I was a Bush hater when he came. I mean, I had tears, and I was just like overwhelmed and just, oh, my life was just so wonderful. That, uh, here we got a, an African-American man as president. We've come so far because I was in... I went to my buddy's uh, black weddings. I was into the black culture and people way back when in the 60s, and I loved the whole thing. And then I started realizing the details, and I was kind of in denial, I think so many people are. Well, Obama's 6% African, and it's just a corporate production to sucker people that things that really change when it's just more of the same. But getting back to digital money, that's why they're cracking down on swap meets, on uh, garage sales, uh, on selling your or, or bartering with your neighbor, they want everything tracked and controlled so they can turn the economy off. Uh, but, but dealing with that and also Obama uh, and, and and the fraud that was Obama, Alan Watt, give us your breakdown. Well, you'll never change a system when the, the people come in to vote to to come in and lead the same system of uh, central banking, international banking, debt which is uh, incredible to start with uh, since, you, since every central bank can print its own money if it wishes to, but they all prefer to borrow from, from the private banks. That's the con. Everybody, I don't care if you've if you got Mickey Mouse coming in to run for election, if he's going to stand up for the same system, uh, w including all the, the, the previously owned debt, rather than saying, I'm writing it all off, it's all bogus anyway. Uh, we'll print our own money from, from now on, debt-free. But why are you voting for anybody in the first place, whether it's Donald Duck or anybody else? It's the same system. It's not your system. It's, it's the con system. So you don't have a chance anyway voting for anybody unless they Trying promise. Trying to block us taking the states back because we've got a shot at that, not really at the federal government. Yes, I mean, see, we're already international, and that was the key to setting up international banks and central banks as well to, to go with the, the World Bank uh, and, and, and using this, this debt con to, to push it all. Since World War II, the U.S. and Britain and Canada have been funding through their OECD departments. They're all set up during World War II uh, across the third world. We're, we're funding China right now for their medical care. So is the U.S. Canada is building a can-do nuclear reactor, two or three of them, in China, courtesy of the Canadian taxpayer. Meanwhile, we have to come... And, and the 50 billion bucks for the auto bailouts, most of it went to move our factories to Brazil, That's Eastern right. Europe, and China. Yeah. Yeah, and this is all done by the same system that wants you to vote for the next guy who will promise to uphold the same system. <laughs> all right, Jeff, appreciate your call. Good to have you on board. Please pay it forward. Spread the word about the broadcast. Long segment coming up. Chris, Stan, Rob, Guy, others, your call straight ahead with Alan Watt. I'm Alex Jones. Don't forget, we're simulcasting the radio at PrisonPlanet.tv. We're on the march. The Empire's on the run. Alex Jones and the GCN Radio Network. From the front lines of the information war, it's Alex Jones.
We're going back to Alan Watt here in a moment. And then Chris, Stan, Rob, Guy, and many others. The toll-free number to join us is 800-259-9231. I've got some other key top news stories today I want to get Alan's take on as well. The journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step, as the Chinese proverb says. The other Chinese proverb is, may you live in interesting times. Uh, going back to Alan Watt, I want to continue with the phone calls here. Uh, let's talk to Chris in Canada, up there where Alan's at. You're on the air, Chris. Hey, uh, Alex? Yes, sir. Just making sure you can hear me. All right. I hear you uh, good. Good to have you here. All, first of all, um, I just want to say what you're doing is great. Uh, you're a hero to us all. I mean, there's uh, lots of, with all everything that's going on, everybody calling you a crackpot and this and that. They're, they're, they're the crackpots, really, to, to be quite honest. Well, they're not intellectual. They can't have a historical debate. It's just easy to have a throwaway one-way line of, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, you ask them a direct question, and it's dodging, 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 dodging. Any questions for Alan Watt? Well, yeah, I, I have a question. It's uh, a couple questions, and it's uh, either of you can uh, field them. It doesn't it doesn't matter either or. But uh, uh, I got to tread carefully with a couple of these questions because I don't want you to. I I, I noticed that you attacked. Uh, I wouldn't say attacked, but you defended yourself the other day, and I and I don't want to come off like uh, I'm against you or anything. So I just want to. Chris, be I don't care if somebody is against me, but 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 when somebody calls in and just makes something up. Sometimes I'll get angry, but at the same time, I don't want, you notice how people compliment me, I say, no, it's all about you. I don't want to make this about me. Number one, it's dangerous. Number two, we're going to win by waking others up. So we're here talking about the global elite enslaving us. No one can deny it now. And so, you know, I don't want to make it about me. But listen, I got a lot of callers I want to get to. Chris, go ahead and get to your points. Well, let me hurry up. First of all, I just want to say that uh, I got a good uh, judgment on uh, like uh, when I meet people and I hear people, uh, whether or not they're decent or, you know, I can usually tell in the first few seconds of uh, interacting with someone what kind of person that they are. And I, I, I get a sense that you're, you know, you're genuinely good. Um, and you've also empowered me to do the same. Uh, I, I do a lot of uh, since. Since hearing uh, things you've had to tell me, information you've empowered me with, I've gone ahead and spread that information to as many people as I possibly can. Uh, my question is, or question, one of my questions are, do you think this can be realistically stopped? Any of the, all this, all these things that that are on the on the move, do you think any of them realistically can be stopped? All right, all right, all right. Listen, I appreciate your call. I'm, I'm going to get uh, Alan's take on what you just said. He's our guest. Go ahead, Alan. Well, I don't think it, uh, people think in, the, in numbers, uh, the mass man, that's how we're, we're used in fact, we're used as a mass man, we're very predictable. It's the few who change society, it's always been that way. And, uh, but what it means too is that you have to reevaluate your, yourself and your own values, because remember, uh, today's values are different from 50 year ago values. We've been totally turned upside down in fact. We have to get back to what's, what is personally, personally sustainable. That's the real meaning of sustainability for yourself and for those that you love. And it really means getting back to personal values and where you can make a promise and keep it and <clears throat> even make a vow and keep it and get back to, to your own integrity. Most folk have no integrity. They yeah, have no they have anchor. anchor. They have no yeah. compass. And, and then 
uh, they'll also say, I, you look like a nice person. You sound convincing. It isn't my opinion that there were a riot in Atlanta over, over, uh, you know, food stamps and housing. It's not my opinion that I read from the Rockefeller Foundation about vaccines to sterilize you. It's not my opinion that BP, uh, you know, A, bisphenol A is, is, is sterilizing people and causing cancer. I mean, again, so it all, and so the establishment always tries to make it about Alex Jones. Or about mm-hmm. Alan Watt. Folks, this is information for you to make a decision about. This isn't about, I wonder what I'll do. Do I trust Alex or not? You shouldn't trust me. You should go look at the information. It's not about me. I'm a guy here trying to warn people so we can stop the globalist. And, and, and nothing irritates me more. And I'm not mad at Chris, but it, it sounded like he was like building up to something. He didn't go there about me. I mean, I, I, I'm just so tired of it because... Uh, probably half the websites out there don't fight the New World Order. They talk about Alex Jones because I'm the biggest thing out here doing this. And it just shows they're malfunctioning. They 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 can't – I guess they're followers. I, I don't understand it, Alan. I mean, I mean, do you get where I'm going with this? Uh, there's a it, – it's a, a backlash. You, when you burst people's bubbles, and people do, do live in a bubble – of comfort, um, they're egocentric because we've been given an egocentric culture, an egocentric culture, and a narcissistic culture. Uh, we've also been domesticated, where most folk out there truly want to believe. They want to believe, even though they have little suspicions, but they want to believe that there are special people up there taking care of them because they love them. And when you burst the bubble. It, it, it takes away everything. That the ground goes from underneath their feet. They've nothing to stand on. That they've lived a fallacy. And here you are telling them what the, the, the evil things are being done to them, and evil things are planned to them. But you're using the documentation from the science magazines, from the mainstream media, from the big organisations and foundations involved. But rather, rather than look at them, what you're giving them for evidence, they'll attack you personally. That's a standard uh, also technique. Also, spin it to say, I thought the mainstream media is a bunch of liars, Alex, and that's and, and sometimes they do lie, like they're saying Rand Paul yeah. said, get rid of the Civil Rights Act, but most of the time they spin it. They say, isn't it great that the Austin Police Department is putting in cameras for, for $60,000, $80,000 a piece, no one should ask why they're ten times what they should cost, and, and, and they're now using the cameras that were supposedly for traffic control. I mean, here's uh, security cameras on Runberg Lane, APD talks about their use. Uh, five cameras alone will cost $350,000. You know, no one asked, why did they lie to us and say they weren't for police at first? They'll say, well, why are you covering mainstream news? They're telling us how good it is. I'm taking their admission and pointing out how it's bad. Mm-hmm. I've seen the technique work before, and, and, and I went through um, uh, when Britain was being completely deindustrialized for a few years. Every day on the news, it was one factory, more un- unemployment. But after the news was over, uh, you, you, you go into a comedy show, a regular comedy show or a TV drama, so everything was okay. You have, you have this double-mindedness. And it was so bad that people were committing suicides. Britain ended up having the highest suicide rates in Europe because um, people just couldn't get jobs. Margaret Thatcher came on and said, a generation is growing up now who will never see work in their lifetime, so get used to it. And uh, I had a neighbor uh, who actually hung himself. Uh, so, and this was happening in all the streets, but no one wanted to talk about it. They went into a, a self-protective mode, 
uh, didn't want to, to, to listen to anything negative at all. It was almost as though they would catch unemployment by, by talking about it. Like it was a catchable disease or something. Oh, yeah, I get that all the time. Don't talk about dollar devaluation. Don't talk about global depression when all the major think tanks admit they're engineering it because I'm going to cause it by being negative, Alan. Yeah. I'm supposed to just love NAFTA and GATT. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the whole New Age religion that's been put out there, too. And remember, too, it was yeah, the... Yeah, the secret. You're supposed to imagine mm-hmm. positive things and you get it. Yeah, that's right. And remember, too, it was the it was the, the Scottish writer Freemasonry's own journal that came out in the 1950s saying they would bring in the New Age. Uh, and that was, the, that was the name, in fact, of their journal. Eventually, they changed it. They were a monthly magazine. And they said they'd create a new type of religion, and that ties in at the same time as, as you find Russell uh, was publishing his books, talking about bringing in an egocentric culture uh, that would just love themselves, it's all about me, and narcissism, which would split them off from being, being family groups and so on. Everyone would be into their own uh, mirror image of themselves and how much they loved their lives. We're going to yeah. go back to calls, but well said, Alan Watt. The way I describe narcissism is I stopped being a narcissist at about age three, which is normal for a small child to be narcissistic. You know, they're learning about themselves and their identity. But I noticed other children would do play games. They'd be Batman, they'd be Robin, they'd be the Hulk. And I figured out this is a game. This isn't real. It's like dress up, like girls dressing up when they're five years old to be princess. And I realize now when I watch yuppies and adults they're all in their own little dress-up world, their own little – they're walking around on delusional power trips, and they buy whatever the media tells them to get as the, trink, the trinkets and the uniform of that. And you try to talk to them, and they're not there, and they'll do this little enjoyment smile of like, mm, I'm better than you. And if you try to talk to them, they take it as you're weak. You know, and, and, and they walk around and act tough and ignore people. It's kind of like junior high with the cool kids. And they're just pathetic jellyfish losers who can't even see the, the galactic space they're in with all the wonderment and magic. I mean, they just, they're, they're just blobs. I, they're incredible scum. Yeah. What, you, what you're looking at, too, is the cult of celebrity. It's been risen to a, an amazing new heights. And, and people follow them relig- religiously and they copy the, the fashions, they copy the actors, they copy the lifestyles as best they can according to their budget. And, and in their fantasy little world where they have no power at all, they feel they have power in this fantasy world. It's no different than a driver today. An average guy who feels powerless gets behind a wheel and suddenly he's the king of the road. And because it's the only place he feels he's got any power. It's the same thing with your little dream world of narcissism, because most folk today secretly know that they are technically powerless. And they would become powerful if they would admit the Matrix and wake up, but they believe they have power within the Matrix. And now you have people spending hundreds of thousands of dollars in the simulation online games to buy houses and cars and real things. Then they have real-world relationships and parties where people show up and they go, he's the movie director, you know, in this online fiction game, and people are groveling to it. Yes, and, and that shows you the, the incredible brain damage that they have. And I really mean that. People do have brain damage from their inoculations and from their food. There has been a covert war. You're seeing the end product, uh, product of it now. Uh, the IQ has officially dropped, uh, 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 and it's been admitted by the United Nations uh, in the Western world. Yeah, they say 10 points, but they've changed the test. They're skewing it. What, more like 20? 
That's right, and, and therefore your, your ability for self-preservation, which is a, an essential part of warfare, you must destroy that part in an enemy if you want to take them down. They have been doing it quietly, covertly. In fact, again, Brzezinski and other ones, and even Russell too, came out and said that this will happen to the public. They'll, 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 they won't know where their opinions are coming the from. Technotronic age, where they're yes. just mindless vessels to be filled and where they have no initiative, no nothing. They don't even understand they're in the middle of a war. They're just mm-hmm. running around feeling cool. It's like guys that wear all the affliction wear. Yeah, Russell actually said, Russell, Russell actually said that, um, eventually because of these techniques, and he meant covert techniques, they would never tell you what they were doing to you in reality. He said eventually uh, the thought of rebellion will be as foreign to them uh, and as impossible as, as sheep complaining about the, the price of mutton. Exactly, been, but, but, the, but done, the point yeah. is I'm not against the gladiatorial st- stuff or the guys that want to be tough, but I've talked to bar owners and people. They won't even let folks in with the UFC clothes uh, or, or the affliction stuff because it's like they put it on and now they're an ultimate fighter and they're mm-hmm. just crazed running around feeling tough. That's another microcosm example. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. But again, it's the cult of celebrity. They said they would do this. And uh, the celebrity, people follow them uh, so, so meticulously and religiously and try to become them. Remember, Plato said the same thing uh, that they, they will use. And he said it in these terms. He said the fashion industry, uh, the drama or, or, or entertainment industry is a big, and sports is a big part because the people emulate what they see the actors doing. Let's jam in one more call before we go to break and come back. Uh, let's talk to Stan in Ohio. You're on the air with Alan Watt. How's it going, guys? Good. Uh, I was wondering if I could get both your takes on Proposition 19 for California. You guys know about that one? Uh, yes, but fill folks in briefly. All right, yeah, that's the Legalization of Marijuana Act that's being proposed for November. I'm against the drug war because they launder the money, but now they're going to quasi-legalize certain drugs because they're unable to control the black market so they can tax it and control it. Alan Watt. That's part of it, but now it's time as well to, to use all drugs. I mean, you've got half the population on, on uh, psychoactive drugs or Valium types of tranquilizers anyway. So uh, they, they want the public to be very tranquil as we go through these massive changes uh, by any means possible. So they don't really care what you're taking. Yeah. yeah, that's why Soros is funding the legalization of marijuana. He isn't doing it to stop the police state. He's doing it because he wants you stoned out of your mind. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And I'm not bashing the whole weedhead community, but come on, folks. You're not leading a charge up a hill when you've been smoking dope, especially how strong it is now. Okay, we're going to come back and take a few final phone calls on the other side with Alan Watt, Guy, James, and Andrew. Stand by. We're coming back to you on the other side of this break. Don't forget the key jump points to join the rebellion against tyranny. Infowars.com and PrisonPlanet.tv. Time for this hour. Remember, we're here 24 hours a day at InfoWars.com and Alan Watts at CutTheMatrix.com. We still may have time to turn the corner on this, but they're murdering you. They're killing you. Cancer's off the charts. Infertility, they're bragging they're doing it. They're adding to the vaccines. I've got all their documents. I read them on air. Had links right to the Rockefeller Foundation. They're not playing games. 
And uh, people better grow up and realize you're under attack. If I walked up to your house and you opened the door and I punched you in the nose, even wimps would probably fight back. But they slowly creep up and kill you quiet. You love them. Well, and I'm not talking to my general audience, but some of the new listeners out there. Look, we've been right about everything we've covered. Unfortunately, we're going to be right about the future. We have the globalist own blueprints. It's time to wake up, folks. You're not in Kansas anymore. Uh, let's talk to Guy in New Jersey. You're on the air with Alan Watt. Quick question, placer. All right, I have a quick uh, thing I want to say. Everyone needs to go to Google right away and Google vending machines of the future. It just came out on Fox News that they installed 60 new vending machines all over the country that are going to have biometric scans on them for your thumbprint. They say after 2011 they're going to try and enforce it for them to have the right. You know, Watson scans. wrote a story about this a month ago uh, dealing with the mark of the beast, and you have to thumbprint, face scan, swipe your license, and it's going to be for all purchases. There'll only be security guards. This is the official plan. In the shopping malls, in the grocery stores, the, the entire checkout uh, container will be a scanner. Alan Watt. Yes, that, because the idea is that no one is supposed to escape this whole new system of surveillance. Eventually, it will be impossible to go, go anywhere uh, without uh, your, your proper security card or even the chip. It's like uh, a 1040. It's like a 1040 now for $600 things you buy with other businesses. Mm -hmm. you got to report to the IRS. Now everything's going to have RFID, and the whole history of that pair of shoes will be tracked. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Alan. And not only that, not only that, they've talked about putting your, all your inoculation records on that chip. And one day you'll walk into a store, and if you're not up to date with something, alarm bells will go off, and the cops will grab you immediately and drag you off to the cells. Well, that's already begun. I mean, they admit it's mm -hmm. to track. Yep, yeah, mm -hmm, of course. Yeah, so this is this is a, a system, a complete system. That's what I mean by it. There's no choices in this system. It's either their, their way or no way, and they're going to make sure that no one can survive outside their system. That This, this war has been going on for thousands of years to destroy complete independence and now of the it's coming individual. To a head. Guy, great points. That was in my stack. I meant to get to it today. But here's an example. Nationwide, they had this 15 years ago. I had the CEO on. They've got face scanning cameras off your driver's license image they buy at kiosks and malls and airports and on the street. And as you walk by, it says, Alex Jones, uh, we've got your size shoes here. You know, come in and get it. But that's only to pay for the surveillance. The real business of those companies is selling your whereabouts and your data, just like Target and Walmart and, 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 and people. They're selling all that data. So they fund your enslavement with the system. Go ahead, Alan. Uh, that, that's right, too. It's, uh, it's such an easy trick to do is to entice people and to, uh, this is free, this is, that's free, just put up all your details here and use the system. Uh, we all, we've had that with, with Facebook. The guy had it right from the beginning. He was going to sell the data, and all the idiots went and joined up for free. He called them uh, idiots, a bunch of dumb efforts. He, he <laughs> did. He, he did, absolutely. But it won't, it won't stop them because the next one will come out and they'll join that. Too. Oh, no, they say it's a conspiracy theory that Facebook sells your data to the government. They attack us, Alan, even as he's yeah. calling them dumb scum. They're like, yes, well, well, we are yeah. dumb scum. We love you. Yeah, that, yeah, because all their friends are on Facebook. You see, all their friends, you see. And once again, you're bursting their bubble, and so you will be attacked uh, for doing so. And again, too, see, most folk today are in majority think. If the rest all think this way, then that's the way it must be. And, and everyone, everyone else is, is quite happy with it, so what, what's your problem? <laughs> yeah, people are happy with their five-year-olds going into puberty and getting breast cancer at 15. It's yeah. good. It's yep. fun. It's loving. Me medicine will take care of that, yeah. Yeah, and I apologize to Rob and Chili. I, I didn't see your call there. And Andrew and James and others, call me back uh, tomorrow and on Friday. Alan, great job. Thanks for spending time with us. It's been a pleasure, Alex. Always a pleasure to have that man on.